Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea stores for all things Premier League, starting with Chelsea first. But today we're going to be focusing on the Women's World Cup, and I'm joined by my good friend Ray. Welcome back, Ray. Yeah, thank you for having me back again. Um, it's been some World Cup so far. It definitely has. The last time we spoke, we were previewing the start of the World Cup, and we're now a little bit more than halfway, you'd say, done. Yeah. Um, but since then, you've... Uh, had an interesting few weeks. So let's start off with uh, talking about your trip out there and how it went, how you felt. You went to the England-Denmark game. But to just, to my surprise, as well as the surprise of a lot of our followers and listeners, you were in a Denmark shirt. So let's start with the the stuff about how you got there, how you felt, how the buildup was, and then how you ended up in a Denmark shirt. Yeah, it was... Um... So for those of you who don't know, I'm a flight attendant. So I, w- I was on a trip down to uh, Sydney from here in the UK. Um, and it timed, it timed it very well that I was in, in Sydney for the game between England and Denmark. Um, it, was, oh, it was a brilliant day. Um, went to the fan zone um, in, the af- in the kind of afternoon before the game. Um, actually met up with Penilla Harder's parents, which was, uh, which was really nice to... Uh, really nice to meet them. I've, I've met them a couple of times at Kings Meadow for the, for the women's team. And um, so it was nice to spend the afternoon with them. And then we headed over to uh, the Sydney football stadium, which otherwise known as the Alliance, just not during the world cup because of spo- sponsorship issues, I believe. Um, headed in there. And yeah, I think it was about a crowd of about 40,000, I believe um, at the game. It was a great atmosphere before the game. And obviously the game lived up. Lauren James, scored an absolute worldly um to put England up ahead one nil early on and I didn't get that and to be Did honest to be honest Denmark were the better team on the night. Um they probably had the chances to win that game. Um and yeah they, they were unlucky. Um the reason I was in a Denmark shirt well one is a Scottish person not really meant to be in an England top but also um I was in the Denmark section I was sat with all the Denmark fans. Um so I was like, don't want to look too out of place. So hence why I ended up in a Denmark shirt. He says that while wearing an England shirt. <laughs> and I'll make sure to put this one out on YouTube just for this part of, it, of the, the episode. But no, look, it, it looked like a great day. It felt like a great day from what you were sharing on Instagram. And uh, being with Pernilla Harder's parents in itself is is enough of an, a reason to be out there. But... Uh, that was just one of the the highlights of your day, uh, and seeing England play and and Lauren James score that beautiful goal, which ends up being the match winner, um, and getting England started with their group so uh, group stage, uh, was a good way to be uh, you know participating in the World Cup, and I'm I'm happy you got to do it. I'm happy you you were out there. Um, any other trips or? Uh, trips you picked it. up <laughs> that's it sadly that's it. um that'll be my only one down there but um right. but it was it was it was worth it for um i was only i was only in sydney for 32 hours but it was brilliant it caught up with a lot of the, my friends that i go to the chelsea games in in the uk with which was great because they were nice. all out there doing a big tour so uh so yeah it was brilliant definitely worth it yeah and you said forty thousand, right and again yeah. we in the first episode we've spoken about the record crowd that had showed up for the uh, the first couple of games for Australia and New Zealand and even for England and Denmark you'd think far away from home I mean I know you were out there but you said other fans from from Chelsea were out there as well and that just shows the growth of the game again and, and I just wanted to point that out but 
Um, I'm glad you had a great time. You got the right result, even though in the wrong shirt, or maybe not. <laughs> um, but the group stage did wrap up, and it was a shocking one. Maybe not right off out the gates. Of course, New Zealand did win the first game, but maybe not right out the gates. But towards the end, we had some big names going down. Let me hear it in your words. What were the sho- shocks of, of the group stage for you? Well, my predictions went out the window um, <laughs> very early on. Um, I think, obviously, we lost Germany, the world number two side in the group stages, which I had them down as winners. So that was a massive shock. Um, Brazil, the world number eight side, went out in a group that not many people would have said they would have had too many issues getting through. Um Italy went out, and obviously the Olympic champions in Canada went out as well. Um, I just think it was uh, there were some really sh- like bizarre results. I mean, obviously Colombia beating Germany, Morocco getting out of that group as well, and um, South Africa beating Italy to get through with a kind of ninety second minute winner. Um, I just think it was a, it was a unreal. I mean, I think the German result was the one that shocked probably shocked the world of football, to be honest, because that was really unexpected. It, it definitely was. And it's funny, you you said that you were telling everyone that they would, or that you had predicted them for them to be the winners. And um, the gym I go to, I was talking to one of the trainers and he's in into the World Cup a little bit. And so he was asking me who I thought would win it. And I said, Germany. And couple of weeks a couple of match days go by right and he's like oh Germany are looking good and I was like yeah fingers crossed they'll at least you know make it further along and then the last match day happened and I woke up in the morning it was like seven in the morning here and I turn on turn it on on my phone and it's one one it's like Germany's about to go out and there's like nine minutes of added time so I'm watching along and the entire time in my head, I'm like, just make it because I don't want to go back to the gym tonight to face him <laughs> and and have to explain to him why my prediction was so wrong. But you're right. It was it was just one of those tournaments. And it's funny, every time we've done predictions in the last year or so, the complete opposite happened. So um, I, I guess for us on the Chelsea side, we should start predicting like the worst and then they'll have they'll go through to as the best. But um no you're right it was definitely some giant killers in terms of morocco going through south africa nigeria who played tough and played rough a little bit in some cases with their red card in the first game um and then you look at norway who when we've spoken about we thought they might be a little shaky but they made it throughout of the group and then you have the usual likes of uh england spain usa who struggled a little bit as well very much so they were very lucky to get out of the group yeah, but I was I was personally happy to see South Africa, Morocco, and Nigeria because when we did the the preview, I did feel that they were maybe a little bit weaker, but they yeah. came together, and that shows you the power of playing as a team. Um, what were your goals of the group stage? And of course, you so you ended up seeing one of the better ones in person, but some of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, Lauren James uh, kind of features a couple of times. Obviously, the goal against Denmark, it, the space just opened up for. Her. She drove in and it was a beautiful finish into the corner. Um, no keeper would be saving that. Um, the other ones I've got, I think some of them are kind of more the meaning of them as well. And I think Martina Cox versus France for Panama, the 30-yard free kick. It just, the goal, goals don't get much better than that. I mean, that's a goal you dream of scoring as a kid, um, especially in a World Cup. It was their first goal in a World Cup for Panama. And it was you don't get many better strikes than that. Um, 
And then I've got, oh, the other ones I have got, I've got Lauren James versus China. It was a Chelsea goal. It was a Jess Carter cross into the back post and Lauren hit it on the volley, um, which was a great finish. Um, I've got Caicedo, who has been superb in this World Cup for Colombia um, against Germany, kind of kind of taking it in, into the box, cutting back, taking two players out and then just curling it into the top corner. Um, and then I've also got Zanaretto for Brazil against Panama. It was just one. It's a Brazil goal. It's one of those goals that you just like associate with Brazil. Crossed in, chested down, back heel finish. It, you mean the goal? It just doesn't get better than that. It's great. It's just quality football. Yeah, and and we've seen quality football from everyone. Really, it's not just like the side, like the bigger sides or sides that were not favorites have come in. Yes, they've been defensively resilient, but they've put in some good performances to get through. And um, Caicedo, it's kind of scarred by that name just on the men's side. <laughs> but you're right, that, that finish from her in that game against Germany was was beautiful and what it meant right at the end too um, for them and, and helps them get through uh, ultimately with the right results from elsewhere. And Lauren James, a, a name that will come up later on for other yeah. reasons, but up until this point, she's she's having the tournament of her life and uh, we're seeing and, and realizing why Chelsea invested in her early and brought her back home. So um, an entertaining group stage, just touching on the U.S. Uh, piece. They started off uh, with a win and then a, a draw and a draw, I believe it was. And I can tell you the reaction here locally was not good and, and globally, really, because of, of everything that's been said on Fox and um what did you make of it? Obviously, looking from the outside, what did you make of it? I know you had said they were one of the favorites, but you did have your doubts. What have you made of it, at least through the group stage for the U.S.? I mean, coming through the group stage, I mean, they started off with a, I think it was a three-no win against yeah. Vietnam, and they they looked they looked good. Um, I mean, Sophia Smith started really well, was really clinical. Um, the game against the Netherlands was that it was always going to be a tough game. The Netherlands are a good side, so I won all draw in that. It's not necessarily a bad result. You don't really look at that and go, oh, like they're they're in trouble here. It wasn't a necessarily a hugely bad result, but the the game against uh, Portugal, they were lucky not to lose that game. I mean, Portugal hit the post with minutes to go, which would have knocked the US out. Um, and it was a, it's just not. They just haven't seemed like a, a team that's gelled. Um, they're struggling to find goals, which you wouldn't associate with a US side. Um so going through the group stages, they didn't look great. Um and I wasn't surprised by some of the comments that I heard um and kind of saw online and stuff. Um but yeah, not the best group stage from them um at all. And as I say, not what you expected from a team trying to go for the, the three peat winning World Cups. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And and we spoke about it, right? It's difficult to go through three consecutive cycles of winning and, and performing at your peak while players get older, systems change, other teams around you develop. They look at you as the standard and put in an extra 10, 20% when they come up against you. And it doesn't help that there's eight or seven or eight players, which is about one third of this team that are fully fresh and new to this this stage in this tournament. Um and so it does require maybe going through an experience like they have uh, and learning from it and coming back stronger four years later. And 
and just restarting that cycle and, and seeing where we go. But um, games of the group stage, Ray, for you, um, high scoring, yeah. what it meant based off of that. Yeah, I, I've picked out three that I think were the best three games it, that I personally actually sat and watched. And I think England beating China 6-1. Um, I think that was when England arrived at the tournament because I think against Haiti and Denmark, they won, but they scraped through and won. I mean, Denmark had chances to beat them. Haiti had chances to beat them. But under Serena Wiegmann, they just seemed to find a way. Um, but this performance was was superb. It's the It kind of reminded me of England of the Euros last year when they beat Norway, when they beat Norway 8-0. You know, it was that kind of a game. Uh, Lauren James had probably the game of her career with two goals, unlucky to not get the hat-trick. One was ruled out for offside um, and three assists as well. Um, so a huge confidence boost for the England side. But then also Neve coming off the bench to make her first World Cup appearance. I'm a big Neve Charles fan, so that was I really enjoyed seeing that. I think that's what she deserves. Um, the other games I picked out was South Africa beating Italy. Um, I actually sat and watched that game. It was on TV and I was like, I'm just going to sit and watch it because I, I kind of had a feeling that it might be might be quite a half-decent game. And obviously, it was a superb game. Um, Italy kind of took the lead, which everyone kind of... I was expecting Italy to win it. Italy take the lead, then they kind of... South Africa equalised with a bit of a freak own goal. Pass back that just went round the keeper. Didn't even look. Um, and then obviously... Then they kind of take Italy, um, South Africa, then take the lead, lose it again to go two all, looking like they're going out, and then they scored in the ninety second minute to win the game and go through, which was just it was brilliant to see just the the jubilation in that team, you know, um, and I think could get I get Lana, I think that's how you say her name, I think she lost three family members in the lead up to the tournament. So I think for her that obviously that goal to send them through meant a hell of a lot. Um so that was really that was a brilliant game to watch. And then Australia beating Canada 4-0 to go through because Australia were looking at a group stage exit, which would have been I think would have been really detrimental to the World Cup. Because I I mean I think it was the same with the Euros. If the hosts go out, the kind of the interest in the tournament in that country goes down a little bit. Um, so I think that was a massive result. Um, Hayley Rasso scored twice, Mary Fowler and Steph Catley scoring. It's a huge performance when it mattered the most. Um, and yeah, it kind of set them on their way and kind of got the hype back up in Australia, I think. Yeah, all, all three games really were, were entertaining for the right reasons. They got the the crowd fired up, like you said, 6-1, may, you may not feel that way, but at least from an England fan's perspective, like you said, they even before the tournament, we'd spoken about they came in a little shaky, they took some time to settle down, but the good thing was they got the right results leading up to that China game. And I do want to talk about England a little bit more, but we'll do that in, in the uh, second half of the episode. But yeah, South Africa, I mean, another one that we had said... Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look like they'll make it, but here they are winning 3-2, scoring at the end. And um, that personal trauma story that you shared is, is something that no one can really feel what she's going through. But in that moment, at that time, to put your country through and just feel this pride and joy and, and just a feeling that she's probably not going to feel it again, 
Yeah, but it's just something that you can only get at, at a tournament like this. And in Australia, it, I've, I've been impressed with them, mainly because they haven't been had had Sam Kerr, and that came through right before their first game, where she announced that she was going to be out, um, and to lose your star player and come through like that requires everyone to step up and and buy into that we need to do better and we need to to just win when it matters. Um, and so no, it's been it's been a great tournament. Those were three games we've highlighted, but there's a lot more that yeah um, that we could have spoken about. But we move on to the round of sixteen, and we'll start with the U.S. here because that was um, going to be a tough game against a Sweden team. But the U.S. come out, and I, I expected it because of everything that was said about them after that final game against Portugal, that they would come out as the better side. They would come out a little more focused, a little more driven. Uh, to get the result, but they came up against eleven players from Sweden, but really one in goal that that mattered. And talking about uh, our very own Muscovic from from Chelsea, she was she took it upon herself to say, "You're not getting through." Oh, uh, it was that is one. I think that's one of the performances of the World Cup. I'm I'm a big fan as a cheerer. I think she's been superb whenever she's played for Chelsea. I don't think she's really put that many feet wrong at all. Um, and to see her come out and do that on the world stage against arguably the best team in the world, it was it was unreal. Um, as you say, I don't think it was almost a case of you're not going to beat me. <laughs> you're not going to beat us tonight. Um, I mean, the save from Lindsay Horan when she just, I've that ball was hit so sweetly and just going right in the corner. And to see that so late and get across was just unbelievable. And 11 saves in the game, it it was unreal. Unreal performance. It definitely was. And it gives us joy, right? Because she's part of our club. She's part of our team. But um Sure, and you can say, okay, in, in the shootout, when it gets to that point, um, I don't think she made a save particularly, but when you've had the 120 minutes of that performance and you come, you're coming up against a goalie that you know hasn't been beaten and is most likely going to stop it, whether you're Megan Rapinoe, Sophia Smith, Kelly O'Hara, who ultimately do miss, you may be trying to do a little bit more, right, and try yeah. to get over that psychological hump of, we have to maybe hit it a little too hard or put it further up into the roof. Uh, and in those moments at that time with that kind of pressure, things happen, right? And and I'm not saying she's the reason that they missed their penalties, but it could be down to 10, 15% part of their psyche to say, we just need to do something different to beat her. So I give her the credit. Ultimately, it comes down to a very tight call, um, which we had to wait a little bit. VR got involved. We had to wait, but came through for Sweden and heartbreak for the US but again I think they'll they'll learn from this and they'll have to come back uh, as a team not as individuals which is what I think was the case this time around uh, but for Sweden they ride their luck a little bit they rely on the goalie which is why you have goalies right yeah, um, and make it through to the next round but let's talk about some of the other games uh, Spain were maybe now one of the favorites yeah, Spain Spain looked good. Spain looked kind of back to their best um after they got back after after coming back from that kind of 4-0 drubbing really by Japan at the end of the group stage. Um it was good to see them come back with a night. I think it was 5-1 in the end it finished. 
which is hugely impressive because the Switzerland side of they they perform well, you know, to get out of that group because it wasn't an easy group they were in either. Um, so yeah, that was a good result, and I think Bon Matti is some player for Spain. Um, I rate her massively every time I've seen her at Barcelona. Um, yeah, I think they'll they'll be a force to be reckoned with going forward in this. Yeah, and I think you actually identified her as someone to to look out for. So uh, you definitely got that spot on. Uh, let's talk about Netherlands, who came up against South Africa, who were coming off of their um, high in terms of getting out of the group stages. Not what you'd expect, but let me hear you and what you thought about that game. Yeah, um, it was it wasn't easy for uh, for the Netherlands. I mean, they won they won two nil, so they they got through. Um, but South Africa made it made it hard for them. That uh, Katlana went close several times, but Joe Roard and Berenstein got the goals to send them through. And I think it's a knockout competition. All you need to do is win. Um, and I think that it's a tough game. South Africa will be a physical side, um, but Netherlands once again looking like a decent side in this tournament. Which is what we expected. I think they were, again, one of the ones that we said should be making it further into this tournament. And they're proving that they're not going to be easily pushed over. Um, but there's one team, Ray, that I think you would identify maybe as a dark horse, but they've surprised quite a few people, and that's Japan, who've come back. I know they've won it in the past, but they've come back this term around. Reset, in a sense, because they missed out. Um Four years ago, they've reset, they've come back, they've looked good. Not a lot of people are talking about them, and they just kind of keep doing their job, moving on to the next uh, game, next phase, and quietly may make it further along than we may have thought, even even though we did think they would be a dark horse. Yeah, they've they've surprised me, um, I have to admit. Um, they've looked superb. They've looked strong and going forward they look so dangerous um that game against spain where they beat them 4-0 i wouldn't have predicted that not a chance i would have said that i would have said it i don't know if i would have said japan to win but i definitely wouldn't have said japan to win 4-0 um and obviously norway they lost they lost 3-1 obviously that means guru and marin are going home sadly but japan looked great they they look like they're going to be a real threat. I mean, they play. I think they play. They play Sweden next, um, and that's going to be a game. That is going to be some game. I think that's uh, tomorrow morning here in the UK. Um, so hopefully we'll be watching that. Um, but that will be some game because those t- those two sides look very very good, very good sides. Yeah, and we're almost getting to a point where every team now is going to be one that is really good and has impressed so far. That's why they're here. Uh, but before we get into the quarterfinals, let's just get through a couple more. So France did beat Morocco, Morocco's dream run, or dreams of, of making it to uh, the quarterfinal and further did come to an end. But they go out with their heads held high because you come up against a France team and that's just there is a, a, a gulf in quality between the two yeah. sides. France win 4-0. Um, the, the interesting game for me in this round was Colombia versus Jamaica who yeah. we've not even really touched on Jamaica who were another surprise that made it through um, after losing their first game heavily and they come through and miss out in the quarterfinals. Colombia do get 1-0 over them but 
talk about Jamaica and, and what you seen from them. I mean, defensively, they look brilliant. They look really strong. I don't think they actually conceded a goal in the group stage. If I'm, I might be mistaken there, but I don't think they did. Um, and I think they were superb. They they looked really like a really organised side. Um, and obviously they were a shock to get through. I mean, they they were in a group with France and Brazil, and I don't think more most people would have said Brazil wouldn't drop out in the group. So I think that's that was quite a that was a. It's an amazing performance for them to get there because I know they were having a lot of issues with the pay, yeah, pay issues leading into the World Cup, which I don't think have been resolved for most teams by the sounds of it. Um, but to see them get to that stage, I think that was a massive step forward for them. And obviously, we've got two former Blues that played for them, Becky Spencer and Drew Spence. Um, and Becky Spencer had a great tournament in goal. I thought I thought she played really really well, and I'm unlucky to miss out. But Colombia looked like a dangerous side. Yeah, it was almost going to be a case of who gets that first goal between the two uh, and the other one could hold on. But you're right, Jamaica actually did not concede in the group stage. I mixed them up with Panama, so I do apologize. Jamaica uh, went through by scoring one goal in the group stage and conceding none uh, and ultimately go out conceding one and scoring one uh, after playing four games. So unfortunate for them, but Colombia do make it through. And then finally, Australia, the home side, um, we actually have to talk about England too. I'm sorry about that. Australia get a win against Denmark, um, and Sam Kerr does come back in this game towards the end, which is great for them and for her. But her team continue to perform, and the crowd, and like you said, the home crowd, have something to hold on to going into the next group, uh, into the next game, and and hopefully even a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was brilliant to see Sam come on. Um, she's been waiting for that moment since the start of the tournament um i saw an interview with her after the game and she got obviously got handed the armband by steph yeah. Catley. she almost turned it down she was like because steph catley's obviously led the team in her absence and they kind of almost like co-captains by the sounds of it um so but to see her come on was brilliant to see it really it kind of as i say she's been waiting for that moment so and the crowd really got behind her and yeah australia go marching on um, the, they've got momentum now um, and with, with Sam coming back hopefully might, she might even start the next game and we'll see what happens for them because it'll be a great crowd for their uh, for their quarterfinal Yeah and it's interesting I was watching that game it was 1-0 to Australia I saw Sam Kerr warm, warming up and I'm like I don't know if they'll risk her at 1-0 but who else to bring on when you need a goal right and then the second one goes on I'm like immediately this the minutes they want to give her some time under her belt before going further along into this tournament so a great moment for them but i saved i'm gonna say the best for the last because it wasn't maybe the best game but a little more dramatic from than some of the other ones with what happened with lauren james who was having a great tournament up until this point but england played nigeria what we'd seen with the 6-1 against China and the other two wins in the group stage for England, you almost expected England to come through and get the job done in maybe 90, definitely 120 minutes. But that didn't happen. Nigeria held on and credit to them. Um, let's focus on Nigeria for a second. Made it out of the group stages, held England to a nil-nil. Were you at any point concerned that they were going to get a winner or going to get a gold and add a little more pressure onto England? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> by a long way. England were really poor. 
Um, Nigeria had them figured out. Um, Nigeria could catch them on the break, which they looked so dangerous. Um, always getting to the second ball. Obviously, with Lauren James, she'd been in excellent form. They just stuck two players on her. And being kind of that young and kind of a little bit inexperienced, she couldn't figure a way to get out of that, which I think led to frustration, which then led, which then led to what happened with the red card. Um, and I think that, obviously, for England to then go through, being down to 10 men with, you know, having to play that extra time with 10 men, or 10 players, sorry, I should say, you know, is is it's a credit to them to be able to hold on because Nigeria did throw everything at them in that last kind of half an hour, in that extra half an hour. And I mean they hit the crossbar twice in the game and Mary Arps made a few good saves, but Nigeria were definitely the better side. Yeah, and, and that's coming from from someone that's you know hoping that England make make it to the final and win it. Um recognizing that Nigeria are the better side. And that's credit to them because you would expect that they would hold on and be tight and, and try to make it a little scrappy game, which maybe they did in certain cases, but they were, like you said, maybe inches away from getting a goal and, and sneaking it under the crossbar instead of on it. So um, credit to them, but Lauren James, the red card, you brought it up. She's having a great tournament. They stick two players onto her, which is a credit to her and a compliment to her. Um, but at that age and at that tournament when you're expected to almost maybe carry your team forward and and contribute i think like you said it just got to her it wasn't i don't think it was intentional or, or violent is what i'm trying to say but she did step on on the player and it's just mis misjudgment mis uh understanding of the situation and what your team needs from you luckily england make it through which i think helps her unlike what we've seen with some of the other english players going to the world cup and getting a red card um, anything more to it? Do you do you see anything more to it, or is it really that's what it is? And she's obviously apologized and said she'll learn from it. We can't say she's gotten two match ban, which means she can't come back for the final. Uh, but anything more to it from your side? I don't think there was anything too malicious in it. Um, I think it was intentional. <laughs> I have to admit, I think it was intentional, but I don't think she didn't look like she put a huge amount of pressure with the stamp, you know. Um, I just I think it was a it was a really poor misjudgment, as you say, of the situation. Um, I think frustration got to her from being kind of played out of the game. Really, she didn't really have much in the game at all. So, I think for her, it was, it yeah, it it kind of turns her from almost a hero to look. If especially had England gone out, had England gone out in that game, she would have been targeted for a lot of you know negative yeah. her way but i think as you say having got through it's a massive it's a bit of a let off for her in a way um she will learn from it of course she will um and as you say she's got that two game ban now hopefully if england do make it to the final she'll be back for it um but but yeah it was it's a blow for her it's a real big blow for her and a blow for england going into the the next two games yeah, but again, it's a learning moment. She's 21. Uh, I'm sure you and I made mistakes when we were 21. They just went on the world stage and with cameras and everyone recording. Um, but she'll learn from it, and you expect that she has a, a group around her with her dad and with Reese and, and some of the other folks around her that they don't really have to say much. She knows it. 
but have that group around you that can guide you and, and help you get through this. Um, because yeah, like you said, it's, it's, she's, it's, she had a let off, but I know there was a, abuse and things being said to her online, which is not nice. And he is a human being after all. Um, but let's move on to the quarterfinal Spain, Netherlands, which is, uh, a mouthwatering game, Japan, Sweden, another one, Australia, France, and then England, Colombia. And so out of these four, would you say England maybe have an easier in quotes uh, fixture? Because you look at Australia, home side, France will find it difficult. Japan, Sweden, I want to say maybe equally matched, but Japan are a favorite. And then Spain, Netherlands, another two teams that will give each other a tight game. And you look at England and you almost say they should be getting the job done and getting it done maybe with a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean, on paper... England probably are the favourites for this one. But as we've seen throughout the tournament, being favourites on paper really means nothing. Um, I mean, I had England to win against Nigeria pretty comfortably, actually, to be honest. I didn't really see them having too many issues, especially after the China game. But going into this one, a little bit more nervous about it because, you know, Colombia beat Germany, you know, in a very unexpected result. I'm... Will Lauren James be a huge miss for England? She could be. Um, but because she has been superb in those games. And I think, and Colombia, I, in my opinion, have been the surprise package. You know, I don't think you would have, I kind of, I did predict them to get out of the groups, but I didn't expect them to get to this far. I didn't expect them to be in a, a quarter final. Um, Caicedo looks to be a huge talent. Um, I think she's at Real Madrid now. Um, and she looks like a real player and, and will cause England problems. Um, I do think England will win. Um, I've gone for 2-0. But I think it's going to be quite a tense one. Uh, I'm going to try and find somewhere. I'm off to Norway uh, tomorrow night. So I'm going to try and find somewhere to watch it on Saturday morning up, up there. Um, but I think it, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are expecting. Yeah, and like you said, England now have to work around not only some of the injuries that they had, also the suspension for for Lauren James. But this is when you expect you have a squad, you expect to use them and for all of them to come through and perform. But yes, it will definitely be a, a tough game. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I do see England getting out of it. Um, so let's move on to one of the other games, which is uh, Australia, France, and coming up against the home side, you said momentum's with them, the whole nation's following them and giving them hope. Sam Kerr's coming back. Um, can France spoil the party? I think they can. Um, I think they've got the players to do it. I mean, they've got Diani and Le Samar, who seem to be finding form. Um, but France have looked really shaky at the back, in my opinion. I mean, against Panama, they conceded three against Panama which obviously they then scored six, but they still managed to concede three against Panama. Um, so I think Australia, I think Australia are coming into it in a really good run of form. I mean, obviously beating Denmark, who are not a bad side at all, as I saw when I was out there, They're, they caused England a lot of problems. But then obviously after that, Canada win as well. Um, you've got Sam Kerr coming back. Um, you've got amazing, you've got very strong players in really good form with, Caitlin Ford's in great form. Steph Catley's been superb. Hayley Rasso has been superb for Australia, scoring a lot of goals. So 
I personally think with the home crowd and everything getting behind them, I think Australia will win it. Um, I've gone for two one Australia. Um, but I do think, and I kind of, I kind of hope Australia get through. Um, I think as I as I say, I think having the home team do well in a tournament keeps the interest going. So, um, but a very interesting game though. I think it'll be a really good game to watch. Yeah, it'll be scrappy maybe for the yeah. first, you know, until the first goal goes in. And then depending on who scores, I think if Australia scored, they may even become a little more tighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do expect it to be a good game in, in the sense that just to see how each team will unlock the other. Um, the other one we got is Japan-Sweden, which is, a, a, it could have almost been Japan-USA, right? Yeah. Um, but Japan, Sweden, Sweden earned the right to be here. This should be another tight game. It should be a cracking game. Um, it really should. I think it's the game of the quarterfinals. Um, I mean, Sweden, number two side in the world, or number three side in the world, I think. Um, you know, Japan have looked incredible. Miyazawa leading the golden boot race. She's got five goals. But Sweden are experienced at this level, I think have a few more experienced players than Japan do at this tournament. Um with the like likes of Natalie Bjorn and Magda Eriksson um and players like that that I just think I think they might have too much for Japan, which is it's a push. It's it's a it's it, it could go either way. Um I mean Zachira, if she has another game like she had against the US, Japan won't score past there if she plays like that. <laughs> um, you know, and Sweden looked dangerous from set pieces as well. I mean, Elistat scored three from set pieces already in the tournament. Um, but I've gone, I've gone two two full time, and then Sweden winning on penalties. I, I mean, I I agree with everything you've said, but I do think Japan have the momentum and are scoring, which is always important in these tournaments. So, I think I'll go for a three two for Japan. And um, they'll they the way they performed. I think they deserve to be at least in the final four. Um, but I left this the final game for the the last one to to preview because it is at nine p.m. for me, which is a pleasant surprise. Oh, that's, that's a nice time. Um, yeah, so I can I can actually watch it tonight. But Spain versus Netherlands, two European powerhouses coming up against each other. This is almost worthy of being a final in itself, but it's at the quarterfinal stage. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I, once again, it's going to be a great game of football. Um, two really good sides. Um, Spain were definitely back to their best against Switzerland. Um, but Holland will give them a game. I mean, they've they've looked good. Um, they look. I think their my favorite game for them was that one all draw against the States, because I thought Holt, uh, the Netherlands looked really good in that game. I thought defensively looked strong, but also looked very dangerous going forward. Um, the one player I think will be a miss has been a miss for them in this tournament has been Miedema, because I think with her they would have taken a lot more of the chances that they had against the US. Um, but then. Going into this one, you don't have Daniela van der Donk. She's suspended for this one, picked up a yellow in the court in the last 16, which could be a bit of a blow for them because she's she's so experienced at the top level in the in Europe and um could be a bit of a blow. But then Spain, I think I think Spain will have too much uh for the Dutch. 
Um, I'm going Bob Matty to shore class again. And um, I'm going 2-1 Spain. But close game again. Yeah, close game for sure. And I guess to keep things interesting, I'll go 2-1 to Netherlands. And then we can have a little bit of our own yeah. internal uh, rivalry going here. So I've been trying to look up how the brackets flow, right? And I yeah. can't find it, but maybe you do know. So how does it end up being? Who would England play in the semis if they made it? Um, so if England get through against Colombia, they play either Australia or France. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, I would love an England-Australia semi-final. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's one of the biggest rivalries in sport. At the, and it has been all summer because we've had the Ashes in the cricket over here. Yes. <laughs> so, so if we get that in the semi-final, that'd be a really, really good build-up. And then obviously it's Spain or Holland against Japan or Sweden. Um, which I any of those four against each other in the semi-finals deserve to be there. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. So I'm going to have to put you on the line here. We did our predictions on who's going to make it all the way through. Luckily, you now only have to pick from a smaller group. <laughs> and we're maybe a couple of steps away from the final. So out of the teams left, who are you thinking is going to make it through? So I think if I was if I was in the English camp, I'd be in, I'm on much... I'm on the much nicer side of the draw. <laughs> um, the way that it's worked out, um, I'm on a much nicer side of that draw. So I think England will probably get to the final. Okay. Um, and then I think the other side. I mean, I've gone for Sweden, Spain in the um, in the semi final. So I'm probably going to go. I've got a feeling Sweden. I've just got a feeling that <laughs> there's something about that team that. After that win against the US, I just think that'll push them on. Um, That's fair. And, and then, <laughs> I mean, I kind of gave Germany the kiss of death when I said that they were going to win it. They went out very quickly. So, um, and then I think, oh, I might even go England to win it now. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean... I just think they've, if they've, it's everything's kind of working in their favor. Yeah. In terms of the way that they kind of the draws worked out, it's everything's kind of they're not facing the hardest of teams going through. And I mean, don't get me wrong, every game's a tough game, but it's kind of working and it pointing in that direction. Um, so yeah, England might go on and do this. Famous last word. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, look, it's from the teams left, you'd expect England, especially with what they did last summer. But there's still some good teams left in there. And honestly, I'd love for Australia to make it at least to the final, which in itself would be quite an achievement and create a very big atmosphere for that game. Um, but that would mean they would have to take out France and England, which I'm not saying they can't do it. It just seems uh, two tough games, and then you're coming up against one more tough opponent in the final. But um, you picked England. I will pick. I'll pick Spain. Okay. Um, and watch them prove me wrong <laughs> in the next day or two. <clears throat> um, all right, I'm gonna jump over and let's do a quick Chelsea review of how the tournament's going for some of the Chelsea players, uh, and then we can wrap it up. So we've spoken about Lauren James. I think um, yeah. there's not much more to say there. We've spoken about Sam Kerr, 
Um, so we can leave that there as well. But there have been others, Guru Raichan. You've spoken about uh, the Canadian players that had to leave early, the German players that had to leave early. Disappointed, of course, but take some time off and get back to Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. Um, I think especially the Canadians. I mean, I saw an interview with Jesse Fleming after the game and after their, their obviously defeat against Australia and she was in tears and just apologizing to Canada, which it was it was it was horrible to watch because um, she's, she's obviously really quite a bubbly character and seeing that was pretty tough to watch and it's massively disappointing for both them and the Germans, you know, to go home that early. And I don't think anyone would have expected that. And um, but as you say, it gives them more time to recover, come back to us and get a bit more of a preseason. Cause obviously the players are now back for preseason. Yeah. Um, that kicked off a, a few days ago. So, um, and it's good to see Fran was back training and, you know, Aaron's back, uh, Katarina Macario and the new players look to be setting in, settling in well. And, um, obviously the same for Guru and Marin, obviously going home at the, the round of 16. Guru had a good tournament, I thought. I thought she probably was Norway's best player. Um, got a couple of goals, got an assist. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I say that like I'm surprised. I'm really not. We know how good she is. We know yeah. how good she was last year. And um, But the other player, Ev, Ev Perse, is playing really well for France. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen, I've not watched a huge amount of France, but from what I'm reading about um, performance-wise, I think she's had a really good tournament so far as well. But yeah, it, we've still got quite a few, quite a few left. I think there's 11 players left out of the 19 in the into the quarterfinals. I think. So yeah, it's still, that's definitely still representation. Yeah, still an impressive number given that with the teams have been shrinking and will continue to shrink. But um, it seems like at least. Within one of those teams, there should be some Chelsea players that make it to the final. Fingers crossed. Um, you mentioned new players, Ray. I gotta ask you: Have you gone fishing recently? I haven't gone fishing recently, but I see Chelsea have gone fishing. Uh, they have. They de- definitely have in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, got me official. I don't know a huge amount about her. I have to say. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I personally didn't either, but she's a young um, forward who's come into yeah. the club and is a Chelsea fan, which is a bonus, but she's a Chelsea fan. You can see from some of the pictures and things she's posted in the past um, that she's followed the club for a long time, which is great. She's 22, so again, we're leaning towards bringing in some of the younger talent. Uh, she played in Mexico at Tigres and started off um, just a couple of years ago as as a professional or as, as in the professional side. First season, eight goals and 14 uh, games and then second season which was the season that just ended 30 goals in 34 games so wow. definitely someone that knows where the net is yeah and can provide some competition maybe not right out the gates but some competition to uh, some of the other attacking players and it allows i think we spoke about it uh with with some of the other signings it allows to use sam kerr a little more managed timing and, and not just playing in her playing her in every game. Not that she can't do it, but you do see towards the end of the season she's exhausted at the end of every game. Um so it allows that and we're building for the future. We lost Brunella Harder, Fran Kirby has had her issues, Sam Kerr for how great she is is on the other side of um the age in terms of being uh, a player that we can build a team around. 
So we're building early, we're bringing in some good players, and it gives us an opportunity to see these players slowly as we go ahead next season. So, and I don't think it's done. I think there's a few more players coming in. Yeah. I think I think there will be a few more coming in before the end of uh, end of the window. Um, I think it's it's building towards a really exciting squad actually. Yeah. Um, going into next year because I mean other teams are doing really good business as well. So I think for us we need to kind of keep on top of that and obviously losing Pernilla, losing Magda as well. I think we needed to kind of build build up that team a little bit more. So I think that's what we're doing. I think we're doing quite a good job of it from what from the players that we're bringing in. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, set up for an exciting season for Chelsea, but coming back to the World Cup, set up for an exciting finish to the tournament uh, with the quarterfinals, semifinals, and final coming up. Uh, and then I know Chelsea have a preseason game scheduled as well. I forget who it's against, um, but it is coming up, I think, in a couple of weeks or maybe even next week, actually. But either way, Ray, it's been great as always chatting with you, catching up. Um, any parting thoughts? I don't think. We'll talk until maybe before the final. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that would be a really good episode to do. Um, yeah, I think it's been a superb World Cup and it's been a superb a- um, advert for the women's game. Um, all the games have been, you know, there's been kind of, there's been things to watch in every game and um, and the crowds have come in in Australia and really got behind the whole thing. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good, the quarterfinals obviously tomorrow and, or tonight for you. Yeah. Uh, morning for me uh, and Saturday and then obviously building up towards the semis in the final next week um, but yeah I think it's going to be a really really interesting end to the tournament and hopefully hopefully we see some Chelsea players uh, step up to the mark yeah and bring bring that trophy back to King's Meadow um, but no I totally agree with you it's been a great tournament the buzz around not just in Australia but even around the world has been great and I can't wait to see what the next tournament looks like in four years' time with all the the development and the growth of the game. Um, but that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers, Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. And you can find Ray at, uh, on Instagram at Ray Travels the World. Um, and we will be back with the new episode. But until then, stay safe and the Chels, Lionesses, Sweden, Japan, Netherlands, Spain. Um, take care, guys. Thanks.